variant. Correspondent Ramey Innocencio is outside 10 Downing Street in London. Starting Friday, face masks will be legally required in most public indoor venues. And starting next week, double vaccinations or a negative test will be required at large events. High honors next hour for Bob Dole. Former senator, presidential candidate and war veteran Bob Dole will lie in state in the U.S. Capitol, where he spent 30 years serving in both the House and Senate. President Biden will offer remarks at a formal ceremony in the rotunda. His funeral will be held tomorrow at the Washington National Cathedral. Dole died in his sleep early Sunday. He was 98 years old. Stacy Lynn, CBS News, Capitol Hill. Just in from Michigan, two lawsuits have been filed against the Oxford School District after last week's shooting that left four students dead. The filing seek $100 million each. A 15-year-old and his parents have both been charged. A first for the Catholic Church in the U.S. and the trans faithful are sure to disapprove. The Diocese of Marquette in Michigan's Upper Peninsula has told its pastors to deny baptism, confirmation, and other sacraments to transgender and non-binary people unless they have, quote, repented. Diocesan leaders are also banning transgender people from receiving communion, which Catholics believe is the literal body and blood of Jesus Christ. Jim Crisula, CBS News. The man who brought us Scrooge comes to life this Christmas season in a four-page handwritten letter going up for auction in London. Christie's Thomas Venning says Charles Dickens wrote it to a friend describing a dinner the friend had been this invited to. It's more than a normal Dickens letter. You can buy a Dickens letter for £1,500, but we've estimated this one a bit higher because it's just particularly good. It gives a flavour of Christmas. It gives a flavour of Dickens as in his public persona. Unemployment claims dropped last week to the lowest level in 52 years, and S&P futures are down 16. This is CBS News. The leading sign of COVID is a fever. So everyone needs an accurate thermometer. Try the Exergen Temporal Scanner and learn more at exergen.com. That's exergen.com. I'm Dr. Stork. Why give your family just ordinary eggs when they can enjoy the best? Eggland's Best. The only eggs with more fresh and delicious taste, plus superior nutrition compared to ordinary eggs. With six times more vitamin D, 10 times more vitamin E, 25% less saturated fat, and 38% more lutein. Because the way we care is anything but ordinary. Only Eggland's best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Dell Technologies end-of-year sale is the perfect time to upgrade tech. Save big on the latest computers featuring Windows 11 Pro that easily automate workflows. Don't forget to shop servers, storage, and top-brand electronics with savings up to 45% and all with free shipping. Call a Dell Technologies advisor to help you transform your digital workspaces with comprehensive end-to-end -end solutions. Find the right tech for your business needs at 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Carrie Bradshaw and her best buds are back, minus one. They say some things never change. Sex in the City reboot, and just like that, is out. And the new series picks up where Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte left off. Hello, lovers. Star Sarah Jessica Parker says the title had to change to signify the ladies' latest chapter, navigating friendships and dating in their 50s. How many dating apps are you on? But Samantha will be MIA. Producers say the character isn't dead, just relocated to London. Sex 
in the City ended its original run on HBO after six seasons in 2004. The reboot is available now on HBO Max. Monica Ricks, CBS News. James Corden celebrated a milestone with help some from, from some famous friends. I would not miss this, man. A thousand shows. Congratulations. <laughs> Tom Cruise and BTS stop by to congratulate the late, late show host, Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Companies. If you thought you missed your chance to refinance and save, think again. Mortgage rates have recently dropped below 3%, and Rocket Mortgage can help you save big. You could lower your monthly payment and prepare yourself for a better financial future. But you've got to act now. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Conditions apply. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Fever is the leading symptom of COVID and the flu. And the only way to reliably detect it is with an accurate thermometer. Be vigilant and be accurate with the Exergen Temporal Scanner, whose accuracy has been proven in more than 100 clinical studies. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers. They are proven to be inaccurate and will not reliably detect a fever that might mean COVID. Be sure to seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Happy holidays, Athens. TJ here from Pizza Cottage, and we're just the gift that keeps on giving. This holiday season, bring your family in for some pizzas, subs, wings, pastas, you name it. Or better yet, book our party room for your holiday gathering. Need a stocking stuffer or extra gift? Stop in and purchase a gift card for your special someone. So come visit me and the rest of our crew at 951 East State Street or check out our menu at pizza-cottage.com. If you love snow, you will love our winter wreaths and decor here at a work of heart in Grand Central Mall. These wreaths can be personalized with names to make a special decoration or gift. Find a Christmas or winter flag for your porch or yard. Check out our many porch sitter signs. Our laser engraved signs and products make some of the most unique gifts you can give to make this a remembered Christmas. We have a great selection of snowmen, gnomes, and winter decor, wooden and plush. Need a great smelling jar candle? How about buttered maple syrup? Ohio State and West Virginia signs and decorations. Many can be personalized. We have puzzles, farm decor, wedding anniversary, fragrant candles, battery candles, greeting cards, and 20% off our box Christmas cards. Our wildlife department is a sight to behold. Come see us today at A Work of Heart Grand Central Mall, find us on Facebook, or shop online at aworkofheart.biz. You deserve the peace of mind that comes with affordable health insurance. Get Covered Ohio can help at no charge. Financial assistance is available and coverage is more affordable than ever. Some health insurance plans are as low as $10 or less a month. Don't wait. Open enrollment ends January 15th. Make your free appointment today by calling 833-628-4467 or visit GetCoveredOhio.org. This message is supported by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, but does not necessarily represent the official views of the U.S. government. Sponsored by the Ohio Association of Food Banks, aired by the OAB and this station. With the new law, more people qualify for financial assistance at healthcare.gov. Real customers like Taylor. You know, I wish people knew how easy it was to get health coverage. This new law has made it so affordable. I'm only paying $52 a month, but there are quality plans for even less. New law, lower prices, more people qualify. Enroll by December 15th at healthcare.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe, uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress, 593-7393. That's 593 I'm Brandy. You may know me as a branch manager, but I'm also a volunteer and a band mom. At Park National Bank, we're more than our job titles, and you're more than an account number. You get personal attention and direct access to a caring, compassionate banker who respects and responds to your needs and goals. Find Brandy or a banker near you at parknationalbank.com. Park National Bank, where you mean more. Member FDIC, parknationalbank.com. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. The sun's about ready to pop through the, um, the clouds or the haze or whatever it is up there. 25 degrees here on Columbus Road. We're headed up to 45. Get this, it's going to be 65 on Saturday. Yeah, boy. Special edition, our regular monthly update with the mayor of Athens today, Steve Patterson. Coming right up on the party line. So I think it's going to be a nice day. All right. Uh, Steve Patterson, good morning. Uh, whoops, let me turn your mic on. I'm sorry. There you go. Are we on? Good morning. Yeah, I'm here. Here yeah. I am. There you are. It's 25 degrees outside. <laughs> I know. Uh, but but going to get up to 45. 45. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I do a, a, a weekly kind of update with the mayor. And uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You, yeah. are, you are the mayor. Well. So who is it with? It, well, with me. <laughs> but uh, am I going to say that? Welcome I, to the weekly update with me. Okay. Uh, anyway. What is this, like a podcast or something? No, it's something that we do in the city. We've we've always done it. Paul Weil did it uh, when he was mayor, and it's every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Um, we're the government channel. Oh, okay. We do the live broadcast, and nice. it goes out on Facebook and yada, yada. Um, and I have this young gentleman who has been on with me for almost three years now, Kyle Johansson. Um and he really, I, I met Kyle years and years ago, and his thing is he's really into the weather. Um, I'd always see on Facebook that he's pushing out, you know, here's what the weather is going to be today, or here's what the weather is going to be this week. And so I invited him three years ago, would you like to just kind of give a brief weather update? And uh, he's amazing. He's probably the number one Rufus fan out there for the Bobcats. Um, he's got over a thousand pitchers with Rufus, you know, at basketball <laughs> games or volleyball games or football okay. games. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Kyle, 
he he wants to do a remote um, weekly update next week, at, hopefully at the Convo, if we can do it outside, because it's going to be 65 degrees. He goes, let's do something outside. I said, okay, Kyle, let's do something outside for a change. Yeah, this weather, this is crazy. It's December, folks, and we're going to have 65 this weekend or in the 60s this weekend and 60s uh, up and down next week. Uh, just... Uh, well, put him in touch with us. Maybe we, maybe we can help him along win that weather career. I will do that. Okay. I will do that. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Kyle's a great young man. He uh, he works at Quidel. Um, he, uh, I think he works half days down there as doing uh, some of their quality control stuff, I believe, uh, something along those lines at Quidel. And, and uh, yeah, I'll put you in touch with Kyle. Sure, neat. You know, Steve, I've sort of forgot, and, um, you know, here we have, um, if I'm not mistaken, you're in this your sixth year as mayor. Right. Six, um, six years. Is there, um, are you limited to two terms, or, uh, or can you continue? I can continue. Okay. There's no term limits for the mayor or city council in the city of Athens. The um, okay. So my next question is related to that, but I and I used to know, but I've forgotten. Professionally, if you weren't the mayor, what is what is your expertise? Well, <laughs> depends on what, I mean, what, 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 what hat I'm you wearing. Do before, uh, well, I was in the Air Force for. 20 plus years. Oh, my. Um, I was enlisted for oh. eight and a half years. Um, the highest rank achieved as an enlisted member was staff sergeant. And so that's uh, six, right? That's E6? O5, uh, E5. E5. Yeah, I almost said O5. Uh, E5. And then um, I left active duty service and immediately transitioned uh, into the Air National Guard at Andrews Air Force Base in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. and was there for 14-plus years. And You were in one assignment for 14 years? Well, it's the Air National Guard. So with the National Guard, sure, you can be nice. stay uh, with that unit, you know, in particular, if you're from that state. However, it's interesting, you know, during that time, I was uh, obviously going through grad school in Washington, D.C., and after that I moved to up to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I could have transitioned from the D.C. National Guard to the Pittsburgh National Guard, um, but I didn't. I stayed with the D.C. Guard, and then after that I uh, took a faculty position down at the University of Tennessee College of Medicine in Memphis, Tennessee, um, and I could have joined the Memphis Guard in Tennessee, chose not to. Uh, did my drill weekends uh, driving 1,007 miles door-to-door -door each oh way <laughs> yeah. for drill weekends and annual training. Uh, just because I, a couple reasons, I really enjoyed the D.C. and National Guard. Um, I uh, sat before, after being there for a year in, uh, I believe it was 19. 89, uh, I sat before an officer selection board and was 
selected to go to officer training school. And mm-hmm. so I started all over again as a second lieutenant and worked my way up to major. Um, but again, all the while staying with the D.C. Air National Guard, uh, the 113th Fighter Wing. We had to have 16s. And uh, the the other major reason for staying with that uh, while I was still moving around and ultimately obviously landed here in Athens back in 1998 um, and still uh, commuted back and forth to the D.C. Guard. Um, you know, I've got uh, a son who's 33 years old um, and daughter who's 36 years old, both living in the D.C. area with their mother. And so I, you know, got to get together with them. Uh, when I would go out to my drill weekend. So it was, uh, yeah, so I, that was one career uh, for sure. And then the other career was uh, faculty uh, as a a health psychologist, PhD in health psychology. I was a professor um, most recently at Ohio University up until 2016. Because um, health psychologist. Health psychologist, yeah. My area was, was, uh, Cardio stress and cardiovascular disease was my kind of specialty area. Something called cardiovascular behavioral medicine, which is a mouthful, um, but uh, uh, that's what I did and did that. Uh, that was my line of research in Memphis and in Pittsburgh and and of course here in at Ohio University. In a general description, what would you describe your principal job in the military as being? Oh, I had several, uh, but I'd say my principal was that I was the field maintenance officer um, uh, on the F-16s. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, so my my job was managing 147 uh, aircraft maintainers, everybody from the yeah, gen sure. engine mechanics to pneumatics, hydraulics, uh, even the... the uh, Individuals who maintain the safety systems, i.e., mm-hmm. the ejection seats and mm-hmm. the parachutes, you know, the life saving items for the pilots flying the F 16s. Uh, initially, when I first got to the 113th Fighter Wing, we had F 4 Phantoms. Um, and then within a year or two of my joining on with the 113th Fighter Wing, we transitioned from F 4s to F 16s. And it was, uh, I enjoyed being in the Air National Guard. I really did. Um, and I think every military member, when you sign on, I remember 1980 is when I joined the Air Force and was you know, enlisted in the Air Force. And, you know, you're, you, in the, when you're active duty, you kind of get to those milestones and you're going, okay, you know, four years, do I want to re-up, you know, or do I want to get out and and go back to the civilian world, and I, I, uh, you know, I, I too pondered over that, and then I thought, no, I'm going to stick with this, and so I re-enlisted for another four years, and 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 then re-upped for another four years. However, during that third re-enlistment, I um, was accepted to graduate school in the Washington D.C. area, and so I entered into a program called uh, Palace Chase. And that's a program where you leave active duty, but you immediately enter into another military element, i.e. the National Guard, and uh, so that I could go to graduate school in the D.C. area. And wow. Yeah, loved it. Uh, so those are, <laughs> in a nutshell, those are my career paths. Plus, I, I uh, really enjoy uh, 
making furniture out of architectural pieces from homes. I kind of started when I was doing a postdoc in Pittsburgh and, you know, seeing old. Okay, now wait a minute. Yeah. Making furniture out of scraps. Out of scraps, yeah. Now, do you have any pictures of that? Oh, I do. I do. Okay. Here, now let, me, I... let me show a couple to the microphone and show it to the listening audience. Oh, well, wait a minute. That doesn't work very well. No, it doesn't. But, <laughs> I mean, could we have a mayor's display someday? I, for the I, public? Sure. <laughs> yes, we can. How, or many, I can. how many pieces of furniture in your home would you guess there are that you've made? Oh, gosh. Uh, quite a few. Uh, I, like I our, think this is fascinating. Our coffee table, our end tables. Uh, yeah, yeah. And oh, that's cool. It's uh, I enjoy doing it. I mean, I have uh, like my now Christmas is coming up, and you know I enjoy <laughs> gifts. <laughs> do you, Dave? Um, I do too, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll work on this another time. But uh, listen, that, that this is cool. This is cool, but uh, we got to keep going here because um, you are the mayor. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Imagine Listen, that. Um, <clears throat> Troy Boland's going to be on the show. Let's see here. Next Thursday, I think. No, next Wednesday. And uh, Troy, of course, has been involved with our sports department for years here um, and been our sports director at several points and so on. Um, guess what he's going to talk about? Athletics? No. <laughs> Furniture making? No. He's going to talk about decorating the city. Oh, nice. And you know what I'm talking about, right? I do. Um, <laughs> for a number of years, folks, um, Troy, who works uh, principally for Les Cornwell, um has just taken on as a passion, a personal passion, decorating much of the city. Now, I don't want to overstate or understate. Would you agree with my statement? Oh, I would absolutely agree with your statement. Okay. Absolutely. Now, um, now, on top of that, he runs a hair salon, right? He does. And uh, so once he gets um, some younger folks in there to take over the front desk, then he'll get outside and start working on things. You know what I mean? And, folks, if you haven't driven through Athens at night, uh, it's standing tall, and it has stood tall for years now. And Troy is the one I want to give the most credit to for that. Now, um... The city assists, right? We we do. You you provide storage space for things. I think you well, you 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 take it right. Well, you know, and the power supply, you know, that uh, is on our lamp posts, um, go to you know powering the beautiful wreaths uh, and the rope lighting that is around the lamp posts. And mm -hmm. no, you know, I'm glad you're bringing this up because, um, you know, I have to give a huge applause to him as well as Les Cornwell. You know, Les, this has always been a passion of Les's to where he looks at the uptown area, especially during the holidays, and has contributed so much to our community when it comes to 
festive things like the lighting of the uptown. You know, we'd had the big Santa came to town a couple uh, weeks ago, if not mm-hmm. last week, and mm-hmm. we had the Christmas tree lighting in front of the courthouse. And in, in hearing some of the stories from people, apparently there was someone who came up and had seen the lights for the first time and the lit wreaths and the poles and the armories all lit up with a Christmas tree of string lights coming down right. from it. And he said that, you know, literally the, the hair on his arms was standing on end. He was so, so excited and pleased with the way the uptown was looking. And and uh, it really does. you know. And I, can, I can remember years ago when I was on city council, there was somebody who objected to all of that, oh. you know, and uh, felt it was a over, overly religious statement. And I, you know what I mean. I do. And um, uh, I, 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 I understand that there are some people who have different orders of faith and things like that. Or perhaps that don't believe there should be anything like that. But when a community is primarily this or that, I, I think it's in order. And um, so even though that person years ago objected and said the city shouldn't be doing all of this, um, I'm glad we do. Well, you know, here, let's think about it in just a slightly different way. Um, several years ago, I had heard about the Christmas trees uh, they're all lit up and decorated in Gallipolis, right, in their downtown and their, their yeah. town square. Yeah. Uh, and so Connie and the girls and I packed up one evening and drove, it's worth it, drove down there. It was yeah. well worth it. And we walked around and, you know, each tree is sponsored by a different business or mm-hmm. family or whatever. And we're looking and, you know, it's evening time. So what the heck? We might as well stop in a restaurant and get a bite to eat and spend money down there and that's what a lot of this does. You know, you, you beautify your uptown area, and especially during the holidays, people will travel to go and look at, at the decorations in a city. And and uh, I kind of pitched to Ayuba, the Chamber of Commerce Uptown Business Association, the idea of using our new Armory Park, or newer Armory Park, as an area where we could put a bunch of live bald trees, Christmas trees, in Armory Park and let businesses decorate them with their own swag. You know, there could have been a Christmas tree. It's um, W-A-T-H Christmas tree, whatever. And and, uh, so this was the first year of trying that? Well, I pitched it last year during the, the, well, still in the pandemic, but it was in the heat of the pandemic thinking, you know, let's do this in 2020. And it it just, we couldn't, we couldn't pivot fast enough. So we talked about it again for this year, but it was, you know, the, the, the Armory Park is small. We could probably put maybe eight trees uh, in the park. Uh, and uh, one of our uptown business owners, uh, Tim Martin of Ohio is home. He said, you know, ooh, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could somehow get the university to allow us to use that concept on College Green? So I had a meeting with President Hugh Sherman. And kind of pitched this to 
uh, President Sherman, and uh, he said that's a really interesting idea because it would attract more people into the Athens area and kind of line the sidewalks mm -hmm. with Christmas trees. So it would be very similar to Gallipolis. Um, and uh, so we'll see what might happen in 2022. It certainly didn't happen this year, but, you know, you've got to explore things like that, Dave. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Mayor's Partnership for Progress um, which would normally have a meeting today, um, the second Thursday of every month. Um, during the day, we decided that we're not um, one of the mayors that is part of the mayor's partnership is the mayor of Caldwell, Ohio, um, up off of uh, 77. And um, we're, so we're going to have the meeting there, but we're going to have the meeting there at 630 tonight. And we're having it there because they have uh, apparently, I've not seen this before, quite the beautiful downtown display or uh, in their village in Caldwell in Caldwell uh, you know another city that I know does some interesting things is Cambridge Cambridge does yes, the yes. the Charles Dickens Christmas I'm familiar with that people go to that so my point being is that you know regardless of whether you know someone has issues with you know whether or not a city should be lighting and doing things at the end of the day, it's, it promotes tourism, you know, that people are going to travel to go and see what you're doing. And apparently there's a magazine out there that kind of promotes this stuff, you know, that's a national magazine or a regional magazine. And we were, you know, a Yuba, uh, at one of our meetings, we were talking about that as well as like, how do we get in this magazine and attract people to come to Athens during the holiday season and you know there, there's just so many little things that okay the wraps okay <laughs> on the utility boxes uh, at intersections um the the various uh, now what do I call them um large murals. large murals yeah. um been fun watching all summer and fall. This this one that they're on, uh, well, just down the road here on Lancaster. Yeah, yeah. Keith um, Wild is the one yes, doing yes, that one. Yes, and Keith is an absolutely amazing muralist. We have a lot of great artists in this city. We truly do. And you know, you look around the the release is what it's called. The Doves that it's right there on mm -hmm. Stimson Avenue mm -hmm. and East State Street. Keith did that. Uh, Keith did at the depot lift station, which, you know, you blink and you're going to miss it, but not right now because it has a Keith Wild mural on that as well. Um, you know, uh, we had uh, Jolina um, is an artist, here, was an artist here in Athens, now lives in Vermont. She did the mural that is on around the retaining wall at Arts West. Yes. Um, you know, Natheridge in the the pedestrian tunnel that goes that's down by the Richland Avenue. But I have people that come to me and say, what an interesting idea. Why didn't our community think of that? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. And it, it's just kind of fun, and you smile and say, well, you, you can now. So, uh, you know, just get permission from the authorities. That's right. <laughs> the, um, yeah. th let's, let's move on a little bit. So, um, all right. Um, let's talk about the fire department. Yeah. Um, there's a concern about the main station up here on Columbus Road. And, um, 
I can recall being on a, a advisory committee of some kind years ago about the fire department. I think Rick Abel appointed me then. And um, we said the city needs another fire station. Not another fire main station, but another station in that it should be located somewhere out there around, uh, I'm going to call 682 and um, what would that be? West West Union, right? Oh, out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Because response times, um, your insurance rates, everything depend on response times. So... Um, with university estates going in and other things like that, they thought we needed a, a third station. And so that was in the works, the planning. Um, this this station down here, I think one of the newspapers took a picture of, of um, oh, a concrete pillar underneath that where it was water-stained and everything from... Well, they said it was, you know, no longer as safe as it once was in terms of holding weight. And, of course, we know fire engines are heavy. Um, that's very repairable. Why, why, why is there thought of moving a station, the main station, when it's uh, ideally so well located? Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, so the response times is a is a big uh, issue that I think you know every city that has a fire sure. department or a volunteer fire department <laughs> needs to recognize that, you know, y- you need to find a location that is best suited to be centrally located. We do have two fire stations, as you had indicated. Richland we Avenue. We have Richland Avenue, right, which is we refer to it as Station 2. And then fire station uh, or the fire department headquarters on Columbus Road. And that was built in 1965. Uh, so it's 57 years old, uh, 56 years old. It's it's an aging building. It was built uh, on that, stilts that long ago. Right. The the apron that comes up to the garage doors um, for the fire equipment, the, the trucks um, is Kind of, it's a bridge of sorts, mm-hmm. and it was designed at the time for equipment that was much lighter than the equipment is now. Um, you know, we have a tower truck, uh, which is a one point two million dollar piece of hardware that um, you know weighs almost twice that of what trucks weighed uh, back in the day. Twice, you know, it would be two pumper trucks uh, back in '65, maybe even three. Uh, to equal the same weight. So things are heavier. Um, and so when when the doors open and the trucks are rolling, they're rolling across this bridge. Um, and and even the, the, as you indicated, the stilts. I mean, those bays are elevated off the ground as well. So mm-hmm. we're doing some work to stabilize the headquarters. But, you know, it, it, it's the it's the structure itself. There's efficiencies that are totally lacking. I mean, there's areas in that building to where there is movement elsewhere to where some of the windows don't open. Um, and those are single pane windows, mind you. 
that's how old some of the windows are. We have made a number of efficiencies. We're just finding ourselves at this point, Dave, to where the money that is going into repairs or stabilization uh, could be better served by having a new headquarters station that is more centrally located built. But I read somewhere where this new facility might cost $12 million. I don't know that it's going to cost $12 million. You know, we were looking at somewhere in the $7 million, okay. $8 million range. And it could possibly, as we're looking at this, be um, have more than just the fire station there. Ohio University was looking for a different location for their police department, OUPD. Uh, so it could be multi-jurisdictional for this location. Uh, but uh, in terms of the city's needs, we we truly need a new headquarters for the fire department. So is there the, the, the intent that the current location will remain part of the hell, um, fire department? At this point, um, that's yet to be determined, Dave, as to what we do. Um, or it's possible that we could divest ourselves of that building once a new fire department is built. Um, you know, and in the future, someday down the road, explore elsewhere. You know, the city of Athens, its growth is growing to basically the southwest, mm -hmm. you know, growing out 682, but 56. There's still, there's still a lot up here. Oh, there's a lot up here. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's growth here. I mean, you're going to have a new neighbor down the street, as a matter of fact. Um, you're, you're speaking of Marietta Memorial. I am. Yeah. I am. So the response time um, at a potential site um, off of Stimson Avenue, off the Stimson Avenue roundabout, you know, to get here, Dave, would be, you know, close to the same as it is now now you're you're straight down columbus road but from there they'd they could hop on um 33 and then come back off onto columbus road you know or they could just come straight up stimson avenue the, the new stimson avenue uh and up uh carpenter and lancaster and attack things that way so, you know, and there is an insurance savings by having your response times. Your It's your ISO rating is what it's called. Um, you know, if you improve your ISO rating, then that certainly affects your uh, insurance. So. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know much about it, but I sure have heard from other people that I respect that do seem to know about these things. And I'm, I just think you need... A third station, and name whichever one you want, the headquarters, but uh, I I would hate to see this one go because I think the ISO ratings on this end of town will um, suffer a bit. Anyway, the, the, so the fire department. That's, um, let me see, I got a bunch of things here. First of all, you mentioned Stimson only in passing. It is looks so cool. Yeah. And... Um, Every morning I go there, and I've had to put up with all the different uh, um, challenges of this way or that way or what equipment was working at what time and to the post office, right? But, uh, golly, it's done except for <laughs> little... Um, it's almost done. ...plants and things like that. Right. 
Yeah. And they even got some of those in in the last day or two. They did. Uh, yeah, they planted. Uh, I was watching them planting trees mm -hmm. uh, in that center island and then ar around near Sonic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's nice. It's really nice. And um, I don't know who got involved in such a creative design, but um, I, I think there's probably some other places in Athens that could benefit from uh, the same concept. Well, you know the the you know there's still some work to be done on Stimson Avenue, and and they'll you know do the final finishes next spring. Um, Truco, the company that is mm -hmm. contractor working on it, um, the next big project in the city, um, we won't see construction until 2023. But the next big project is going to be West Union from Schaefer all the way up to the uh, foot of the bridge over the Hawking River, kind of in the vicinity of the Elks um, out that way. So that'll be another big project, but planning will take place in 2022, but construction would be in 2023. Um, well, that's, you know, in, in government years, that's just around the corner. <laughs> it's just around the corner. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then another project, we've talked about this on your show before, Dave, and that is we received funding from ODOT to uh, kind of rethink Washington Street between court or between Congress and college uptown and State Street between college and Congress to where they will look similar to West Union between court and Congress, you know, beautifying the uptown area. Um, which will really be nice, you know, to continue to attract people into the uptown area. Um, well, while we're on that topic, Dora. Dora. Uh, you, Dora the Explorer. You, <laughs> uh, Dora is, um, a, you know, a lot of communities have now boasted that they now have Dora. Uh, it is a bit seasonal. I mean, you, who wants to sit out in the bitter cold and... Um, have chats with people and, and, and enjoy a brew or something. But um, how, what's your feeling about Dora? Well, I think so. We've only had what? We've only got to experience a couple of weeks. Four weeks yeah. of Dora last summer. Uh, I'm excited for Dora in 2022. Uh, I'm absolutely hopeful that we're going to be in a much different place come summer of spring summer and early fall of 2022 to where we can start having events up on court street and when that happens and you've got a dora i think what we're going to really realize is how successful a dora can be you know to where people can be walking on the sidewalks and experiencing i don't know Boogie on the Bricks um, right. or for Ohio Brew Week during the weekdays and and, uh, and during the weekend to where they're able to grab a craft beer from, you know, bar or establishment X and wander down the street and enjoy that craft beer and pop in somewhere else. So mm -hmm. I, I think, Dave, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be highly successful. I think the other thing that we're going to see is more parklets, you know, that more people are going to want to have they want to they'd be willing to forfeit parking right in front of their business to have a place to where people can sit and enjoy and chill I, and i want to say one thing though sure. about this dora 
There are a number of people who think this is just another wacko idea of Athens. And, folks, this is not. This is something that's being done in many cities. And um, Athens was among the early applicants or suggestors of, wouldn't that be cool? But now this is being done a lot of places. So don't think it's just another nutty Athens idea, okay? (laughs) Chillicothe, Southeast Ohio. Chillicothe, Ohio was probably one of the first adopters, and I think that they started their Dora in 2017 or 18. That's how long Dora's been around. Uh, Designated outdoor refreshment areas. Uh, They've had one for several years, never had an issue. Mm. Marietta has a brand new one. we're seeing more and more cities and uh, villages that have four establishments with liquor permits because that's what's required is that, you know, uh, for for cities with certain populations, um, you know, you have to have a certain population to qualify. But more importantly, it's not the population. It's the number of drinking establishments. I was talking with my good friend, Mayor Gary Guzman of Amesville, um, where they just had uh, a ballot initiative that passed that allowed for them to have establishments be able to sell alcohol. And uh, it's, I was kind of teasing him. I said, so was it four? Because if you have four of them that pass, four establishments, then you can open up your own Dora mm-hmm. in Amesville. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, nope, just going to be one at this point in time. Yeah. So anyway, no, Dave, you're absolutely right. This, it's not something that Athens jumped up at all. Um, we're actually, in some ways, latecomers to the to the game. And it's done responsibly. It is. It, I I believe it is. Yeah. Sure. Let's um, let's turn our attention to arts, parks, and rec. There's been a lot of hoo ha lately. Um, and and you know, I was on that board for many years. Um almost so long that they accused me of shaping things to my liking, and so I eventually backed off and um, or resigned, I guess. Um, but on the other hand, things get done. Um, the soccer fields that we have now, just on the backside of the former railroad crossing, or not crossing, but tracks, right? Mm-hmm. I took my old tractor down there and cut all those with bush hogs. It was all high weeds. I got permission from the... um, Hawking Conservancy. Thank you. um, To do it. And then pretty soon, you know, we put in goals and had movable goals as well. And pretty soon it turned into grass and... Things happen like that. Yeah. Yes, they do. And then the restrooms were built, Dave, right yeah. along the bike path. Those, right. Yep. And and I can, there, I'm, there's a guy who lives up on Cable Lane, halfway up. I can't think of his name now, but he and he and I did it together. And um, his daughter and I think later on a son played soccer. Um, but... Things get done, <laughs> they do get and done. they get done in sometimes the strangest ways. Now, um, Kevin 
Skurlock. That doesn't sound right. Oh, um, Kevin, former director. Yes. Um, yeah, Kevin um, Schwarzkopf. Thank you. Uh, most of the time that I was on that that advisory board, he was the arts, parks, and well, back then it was the rec, rec director, parks and rec. Uh, they added arts to it later on. Um, you know, during my time, we built the community center. During my time, right. we did all these different things. Um, Acquired Arts West. Yes. The. Why can't we just all get along? <laughs> why? Why do you? You know, you have a new director. I haven't met her. I don't. Even, can't even re- know her name. Catherine Ann Jordan. Okay. I'd like need to, to get her on her. your show. I'd like to do that. Um. Uh, the the board is a little concerned about. Their involvement in selection of personnel, um, I think that's, I think their opinions are worth hearing, but I think the decision has to come from the city's leadership. I agree. And um, on a day-to-day basis, they got to get along a lot closer with you and your assistants than they do they're bored but well, i shouldn't have said that so why can't we just all get along well we should just all get along uh you know i and i think by and large we do um but you know what is a, a government if there isn't some challenges in our way and uh or challenges that we have no, to i mean with? there can be differences of opinion oh, of course of course you know i i uh was a huge advocate of the most recent arts parks and rec levy um it that's the levy that ultimately led to the design and building of our new swimming pool and uh swimming complex if you will Mm -hmm. which by the way had its first swim meet in 2020 which was just enough to bring tears of joys to my joy to my eyes Uh, as an avid and competitive swimmer as a kid um, I remember thinking for the longest time, why don't we have outdoor swim meets at our city, at our city pool? Chuck Carlson used to get me to help officiate those things. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and not not that I had that knowledge, but I mean, you you there's a person in each lane who observes when they touch the wall. That's right. And things like that. And I would do that at the city pool. And of course, we miss Chuck. He's been gone some years. But anyway, go on. So so anyway, so we have, uh, you know, the new swimming pool. Um, and that was, again, via the levy. You know, during the whole levy process, going through and, and advocating for the levy, you know, there was a lot of wants from people out there, um, you know, to upgrade the soccer fields, to replace uh, or certainly improve, if not replace, the restroom facilities down at West State Street ball fields. You know, that's a that's a concession slash bathroom that gets probably used more than any other restroom facility in our city parks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, you know, way under capacity for those who need to use it. Uh, and so that was part of... Occasionally you see short lines. <laughs> occasionally. Um yeah. And, and which is not good. Right. 
You know, and I may have mentioned this on your show before, but going down there, you know, last summer and watching the Sandlot games, my daughters both played softball under Sandlot, and certainly there's the baseball going on down there, that there were cars parking everywhere in the grass down there. And oh, was, I I parked in this grass area. The, the, the dirt uh, path, that path, the goat path yeah, out there? it was fun. Well... I know. I I'm sorry. I'm going to take that fun away from you. I know. But we, we've put we've put uh, expanded parking down there uh, to keep people off the grass. Uh, we're going to give the field one and field two. Those are the two original fields down mm-hmm. there that housed Dave. Gosh, how many you know men's softball, women's softball, Kodak softball, church w- softball, all the leagues that took place. They all used those fields. We had a team for years. And, um, well, anyway, go ahead. (laughs) We did, too. It was the Tony's team, uh, which Connie and I, my wife, uh, back in 2004, resurrected the Tony's softball team, and I managed that team. And so I I know the fields well. I also know the problems with those fields, uh, to include the dugouts and whatnot. Anyway, we're, uh, you know, going to use uh, some of the Arts, Parks, and Rec levy monies to finally do some upgrades. Again, there's plans to put a new centralized restroom facility down there at West State Street Ball Fields. Because uh, right now, the restrooms, as you're probably aware, Dave, they're at, they're near the entrance as you come into the park. Yes. Yet the ball fields are all, you know, farther uh, away. much further. And, and the density of people is much further away. So much so that we end up every season having to, uh, well, Sandlot does it, that they rent, you know, the uh, the portalettes, the porta johns, and they mm-hmm. go in down there, which, mm-hmm. you know, is an issue unto itself. But anyway, um, that's um, folks. Just know that that's all being reviewed and trying to be updated and up improved. And uh, not, you know, what's that expression with the pace of a turtle or something? Like that. <laughs> Um, Snail space? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay, so census. We did get 25,000 plus, didn't we? We did not. We did not? We did not. So what's that mean? So our estimated population for 2019 was 24,841, I believe. The actual numbers came in for the census, and our population is 23,849. If you compare that to the 2010 census, which was 23,832, we've grown by a grand total of 17 people uh, over the course of 10 years. Okay, there's some critical thing about being 25,001. There is. Uh, So what have we lost? Uh, We have lost nothing. Um, Now, what we would have... What would have happened if we would have gone over 25000 is that we would not qualify for the Ohio Department of Transportation's Small Cities Grants, which, by the way, has been a major grant funding source for a lot of our street projects mm-hmm. here in the city of Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we would have lost, we would have left that category of grants and we would have gone into the larger municipality grant pool which is fine. Um, we've just we've been very successful with small cities, and we just have to continue our our process and hopefully be would have uh, 
attempted to be successful in a different category. Other than that, Dave, uh, the other thing is that your allocation for community development block grants um, would have increased for our area of the state had we exceeded, you know, shown significant growth. Will creep up a little bit with an increase of 17 people. But, you know, I, I truly believe that we were undercounted in the city of Athens, largely because so much of our population was gone in 2020 because of Ohio University going to online instruction in the middle of a pandemic. Um, you know, Paul Logue, our city planner, was looking at things at the census block or level, not census tracts, census blocks. And it would be large apartment complexes that were in a census block. And he'd look at the numbers and it should have been somewhere between 800 to maybe 1,000 people, residents living there. But the count was 47. Um, something's amiss. So, Is there, I mean, they did a recount, um, but it, can there be recounts? Um, the, you, you can. You can request a, what's called a special census from the Census Bureau. Yeah. Uh, but for a city our size, it would cost about a half, half a million dollars, $500,000 to have the Census Bureau come in and do Holy a cow. recant. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you need to look at your return on investment. Of course. Yeah. So the increase in CDBG funding over the course of 10 years, would it be enough to offset that expense? But uh, we're still considering whether or not to do a special count. Well, we have two minutes left, maybe not even that. And I, I have... Uh not even gotten through half my list here today. Um, let's see here. What's most important? So well, the sewer extension. Yeah, that's, that's a, all that's good. That's important. The sewer extension, as I understand it, there's construction now going on in the Hooper uh, area uh, of Hooper Road. So just know that that's going on down there. But, uh, yeah, the... County's sewer extension is is chugging along. Um, you know, they were working up in Wonder Hills. They were working up in up Clearview Drive, Clearview Drive. Um, yeah, that'll keep keep working. I think that there might still be traffic controls on Radford Road because they're they're working down there as well. It'll be, uh, you know, it's a it's a long term project. It's going to take several years to complete that because then they'll be working on fifty three. With sixty right seconds left. Uh, is there something I've left off that you wanted to bring out? Uh, you know, just the, you know, in my six years as mayor, I, I look at a lot of the things that we've been able to accomplish, everything from the Stimson Avenue roundabout, 1804 way to, you know, the West Union Street improvement, the Richland Avenue pedestrian passageway, which is huge. And, yeah, most recently the Stimson Avenue project, which I deem as being a huge success for one of the gateways into the city of Athens. Well, Steve, it's always a pleasure to have you in uh, each month. And, uh, of course, we were able to do it more often if need be. And um, keep up the good work, Well, man. thanks. And, Dave, you know I love being on this show. And, and I want to <laughs> wish everybody a happy holidays out there and be safe. Uh, and please don't chop down any Christmas trees that are in the public right away. Hey, yeah, <laughs> don't steal any trees from anywhere. No, no, okay? not good. Folks, we'll see you in our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio. AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H. 
This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. A solemn ceremony is getting underway at the U.S. Capitol, where the body of former Senator Bob Dole will lie in state today. His former colleague, President Biden, is ready to pay tribute. Bob Dole was an American giant, a man of extraordinary courage, both physical and moral courage. Dole was a World War II veteran and the 1996 Republican presidential nominee. He served more than 30 years in the House and Senate. He died Sunday at the age of 98. A funeral service will be held tomorrow at the National Cathedral. A school shooting in Michigan has led to legal action by a wounded student and her sister. CBS's Jim Crisula. Two lawsuits, each seeking $100 million, have been filed against the Oxford, Michigan School District, its superintendent, a principal, and others. After last week's high school shooting that left four students dead, a 15-year-old and his parents are facing charges. Hospitals in several states are struggling with a rise in COVID cases from the Delta variant. Now the FDA has given emergency use authorization to AstraZeneca's monoclonal antibody treatment for the immunocompromised. A new federal mandate requires hospitals to tell you how much you have to pay for things like blood tests and x-rays. But a new report says fewer than half are doing that. The new rule went into effect on January 1st. This is a very important event. G. Bai is a professor of accounting at Johns Hopkins University with a focus on the healthcare industry. She says the rule had very simple goals. To give consumers insight into how the prices vary. But the study found 55% of hospitals are not complying. Among states with high compliance were Indiana and Michigan. States with low compliance included Maryland and Washington. Steve Futterman, CBS News. Employers are going out of their way to staunch the great resignation, and it's driving down the number of people signing up for first-time unemployment benefits. They've dropped to a 52-year low. Bank rates Mark Hamrick. Establishments are cautious about letting people go because of the challenge filling open positions. This is helping to keep a lid on new applications for unemployment benefits. A new assessment says dragonflies are in danger. Nearly a fifth could become extinct because their natural habitats are being destroyed. Swiss biologist Viola Klausnitzer. Although we have got all this um, technical innovations. Um, we depend on on nature. I mean, our food is generated by nature. Um, we need a healthy environment. Dragonflies get credit for gobbling up mosquito larvae that turn into flies and spread disease. The Dow is down 137 points. This is CBS News. With Indeed Instant Match, just sponsor a post and immediately receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. With the KFC app, you can get your chicken finger licking quick, 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 quick. Park at the front, then skip the line. Skip, 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 skip the drive through line. The quicker you get chicken, the quicker you can eat it. Eat it, eat, eat it, chicken, chicken, fried chicken. Order on the KFC app or the website. Quick, 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 quick. Participation in lobby hours may vary. Use drive through if lobby is closed. What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, navage? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. Navage pulls out the bad stuff so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart, or... Go to Navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. 
Drive an Uber, deliver groceries, clean homes, join the crowd. According to the Pew Research Center, more people are turning to these jobs to pay the bills these days, especially if you're younger, non-white, and poorer. 30% of 18 to 29-year-olds took gig jobs. 30% of Hispanics did so, too, compared with 20% of black people, 19% of Asians, and 12% of white people. And 25% of people with lower income have done these jobs as well. More than half of the gig workers said they needed the money to meet their basic needs or want wanted it to save extra money. Stacey Lynn, CBS News. Prosecutors at Glenn Maxwell's trial in New York have shared never-before-seen photos showing the defendant in affectionate poses with her accused sex abuser boyfriend, 